Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. I'm your host. People who are listening to this podcast probably remember as the word world turns. <laughs> I remember it was a soap opera. I remember the opening part of it. And I remember going, Mom, no, please, anything but that. The thing is, the thing that the the drama is so much different now. The the drama that that are on today's air quotes soap operas, real different. Well, there's no drama like real drama. Yeah, well, that is that is true. Some that whole like, um, what what's the saying? Something like nothing's like the truth can't is isn't better than fiction or something like that. Like, oh yeah, nobody yeah, can make up true. this stuff. Yeah. And maybe we could call it "As the World Burns." Just kidding. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Boom. That would have been a good podcast title for the pandemic time, right? As the world burns. <laughs> Well, maybe so, maybe there will be a time in the future we could we could transition to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for all you listeners out there, we're gonna try to jump right into this uh, um, episode. You guys haven't heard me complain for too many years because the past couple of years I've been I've been dealing with like health issues and stuff, so I'm a lot more grateful for everything. Because I used to come on here and complain like after seeing a bunch of clients one day, like oh, you know, like. I can only talk for a little bit because, you know, I'm tired about this. But today I'm going to be like, you know, we're, we're going to jump right into it because because your boy's tired. Like, like I'm tired of actually hearing myself talk. And I'm sure everyone listening to this that has a talking job, customer service, anything, video content, YouTube, Instagram, whatever. It's like after a while, you're like, if I have to listen to myself, say one more word, I'm just going to slap myself. Or if you don't get paid for your talking. Or if you don't get paid for your talking. Yeah, so it's hard to. It's hard to hit people up, tell them to hit you up in their Venmo for Costco counseling in the parking lot. All right. By the way, I went to Costco today. So shout out to Costco for taking Did back they? my AirPods. They took back my AirPods so I can get a new pair. So if you guys ever little, little trick out there, not trick, but if you get AirPods at Costco and something goes wrong with them, they actually take them back. If you get them at oh, Apple, they don't take those bad boys back. I tell you, you have more problems with AirPods. Yeah, I don't know. They just stopped charging for some reason. So I don't know. But hey, I was able to get a brand new pair. So I'm all good. So nobody has to pray for me. I'm, I'm going to survive this. <laughs> Thank you. Well, nobody's praying for me because I've been on vacation. And yeah, you know, no, they're praying against you. you. They're praying. <laughs> that that. I hope she I hope her tan fades. Um, I, ho I hope I hope she peels really bad, you know? Yeah. And that might just make everybody feel better just to know that I am peeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the peeling part's the hardest part we we're just talking about before the episode started that there's nothing worse than going from living in a landlocked place like utah going from being like alabaster white coming out of the winter and you're like you like you have like you have like shades of chartreuse in your white it's so white right yeah and then all of a sudden you go to a tropical island and you spend a full week trying to get tan 
And on the last day, you don't look like you're a tourist and you stand out only to come right back and it peel off because there's no sun in Utah at that time. So, yeah, it just dries off. It dries but off. The memories, they're forever. Or as, or as Heidi said, she took a picture of the tan when it was just right. So she can remember the tan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. So today's episode, um, we're going to just jump right into it because it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. Um, I've had a couple conversations. I, I can't say I've had a lot of conversations. In fact, I think I might have started these conversations now that I think about it, um, about this subject. But what's come from that is it's caused me to really, um, it's always been on my radar, but it's caused me to pay a lot more attention to it in you know past month or two. And what I'm talking, what I'm, I'm referring to is the social contagion of mental health disorders. Um, so what I mean by that, uh, so there's lots of social contagions. Um, that's part of, you know, you know, if, if you've been a long time listener, you know, we talk a lot about a doctor named Dr. Matthew Lieberman and him and his team at the UCLA social laboratory. They, they found out a lot about our brain development and how um, human beings were really made to take on the likes, feelings, beliefs, and, 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 and really w- want to work with other people. Then the reason being is because all of our ancestors from hundreds and thousands of years ago, the people who were willing to cooperate and work together in groups were the people who formed tribes and those people didn't get killed easily by the environment, by the animals, by enemies. So that saying strength in numbers is very true, but in order to work with other people, you got to be willing to be open to outside thoughts, feelings, and opinions. So we're naturally evolved from people who were looking around their environment, looking around what other people doing, And we're mimicking from that because if someone's really good at building something and you watch them do it and then you're able to build it, now two people can build that thing and you can build more of them for the tribe. And, you know, and so, so social contagions aren't necessarily a bad thing, but when there's social contagions and mental health disorders, especially with young people, that can become, um, it can become a lot, very problemsome and a lot more difficult for uh, their preteen uh, teen experiences, because we all know being a teenager, being a preteen is hard enough as it is. So there's a couple of social contagions that I want to refer to. Um, some of you may have heard about like after, um, um, first one I refer to is suicide. There's definitely, you know, in the past, you know, since 2010, there's definitely been a very huge uptick at suicides. We know without a doubt, there's a correlation between cell phones having social media apps on their phone. Uh, because that happened in the introduction of the iPhone. And when the iPhone came out, um, that was something that was you know, pretty quickly identified as, oh, now this is going to help us. But then right when they put the apps of like Facebook and stuff on the iPhone, it made it so it was with you all day long. So you're carrying it with you, right? I mean, the actual app, not just the phone. And so um, the social contagion with suicide um, it's it's been it's it's been proven and you know Harriman High School where I teach at was you know where they talked about suicide clusters. It's been proven that you know if someone you know has an attempt or they're successful with that, that there sometimes comes this ripple effect where other people who are also feeling bad or in a bad place, um, you know, they're going to feel that experience in many ways they can relate to their peer, that, that teenager. Um, you know, Heidi, with, with your situation with your son, it was, I don't want to say it was absolutely unique, but it was different in the sense that his was definitely more impulsive. 
and we've talked about this before it wasn't like he was a suicidal kid every day you know it was, it was right. like you're like it, so some kids it's like it's an ongoing thing multiple hospitalizations or in and out that was not the case with him however other people in the area imagine if you're a kid and you've been struggling with suicidal thoughts and feelings and you know you, you see someone go through that and, and on the outside if you're not related to that person you don't know that person it can look like wow that's look at all the attention look at all the support look at how they're honoring that person look at all these things going on because that's what does happen it should happen but for a young vulnerable person on the outside that's struggling that can create a social contagion of man like maybe that's an option another big one is self-harm i don't know about you heidi but i've joked around with not joked around but i've talked with we you know uh some people of our age group and it's always the conversation is always like, man, like, did you really know anyone that self-harmed in high school? And people are like, no, I didn't. Did you know? Like, we had heard about it. Like, maybe, like, you know, maybe there's that kid. Um, nowadays, it's um, emo, but back then it was a goth, remember? Right? Like, goth right. kids. Uh -huh. But it was always like the kid that you thought it would be, that self-harmed. Like, oh, yeah, they look, yeah, okay, it makes sense. And so you kind of dismiss it as, yeah, they, they, they obviously are dark. Something's going on in their life. But, you know, with social media, the internet, you know, I remember for a long time, I don't know how it is right now on Instagram for a long time, I was really struggling with so many of my clients that were struggling with self-harm. Somehow, some way, they would come across or someone would send them something of a self-harm, you know, um, it was a, you know, that person's page, right? And that's what they're promoting in a, in a weird way, almost glorifying it. And um, so, you know, it's just, I've seen this on and on and on for years. But it just, it seems to me that with the influence of social media getting greater, not less, with the pandemic, more people on screens, more time throughout the day, my concern, my fear, and my worry is that we're becoming more susceptible to social contagions. And the ones I want to talk about today were specifically, you know, suicide, self-harm, depression, anxiety, and, um, and, and narcissism. And... The, the reason why I want to talk about those is because those are the ones that are easily identifiable uh, that can be spread through social media. Um, those are the ones that everyone listening to this podcast knows in their mind. They can't prove it. And that's the difficult part about mental health challenges and issues is that they're not tangible. You can't hold it. You can't see it on an x-ray. But there's a lot of people out there that are listening to this. I'm sure could think of a couple of people in their life who are like, man, you know, like, you know, they, they, they weren't that bad, but as soon as they start doing this, man, that's when their depression started getting worse. As soon as they start hanging out with this friend or following, listening to this band or following this social thing, or it, like, you can just see how with, with young people, adults, we see with our own eyes, how much their environment and their peers are influencing them. They're almost like, they think like, no, no, I just, I'm just being true to who I am. Like, I just like to dress like this. Yeah, well, if I took a picture of you and all your friends, y'all look like the exact same. Like you're all dressed in the same. You know what I mean? So that sense of they don't realize they're catching something, like catching a cold. They don't realize that, you know, they don't have a mask or social distancing. There's no hand sanitizer for not catching this. If they don't realize that, then they might be susceptible to that. Well, and, and, and that's one of the things I was going to point out. Like, you know, if we were to go back before social media and we're obviously being influenced before social media through through TV, 
and through books that you would read through magazines in some of those the Sears like, catalog they had everything you wanted to buy right right <laughs> but and and obviously you can read a book about somebody who's struggling with suicide or you can read you can watch a movie about that and you know but there's never been a time when it was like here let me watch 50 reels or 50 tiktoks about it at, at once and then like the fact that you know if if you're talking about something or you're in a room when someone's talking about it and your phone hears you talk about it and then it's queuing up the content that aligns with that and then you maybe like it or you're pausing you know i don't even think kids i don't even think we all know that like you pause at a certain page or a certain um post and the algorithm knows that you've paused it that post and so it's going to bring up the other posts that people also paused at that post you know and so it's like you don't even really know how easily the information is being filtered in it's not like people are going out and seeking it and saying, let me see, I need to, I need to find a way to get more attention or I need to, oh, yeah, find yeah, a way. Yeah. you know, it's just, it becomes it's not a conscious effort. It's so, and it's so easy. It's so fluid. It's so it's now it's such a natural thing to have that exposure. I mean, you know, and, and I'm just going to throw this off. This is a, this is a total side and we didn't talk about this, but it reminded me, um, speaking of soap operas, right? There's a soap opera that well, there's a show that's on HBO max, which I haven't seen. Um, but my daughter was asking me about it because several of her peers talk about it yeah. and it's called euphoria on HBO max. And it's like, you take every really super, super extreme social difficulty that's kind of fresh and new and not normal, really quite, you know, unusual situations and put them all in one show in one high school and, and, and then the kids can binge it. And the music is really good and the main character is a character that these kids relate to because she's grown up with the kids you know and um capri's asking me about it if she can watch it and so um i went to youtube and watched like the season one recap from a youtuber super mild kid friendly right wow 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 <laughs> wow and I just was by like, the way, I'm, I'm very familiar with the show you're talking about. I haven't watched any clips or anything, but I'm very familiar with it. Yeah. And you know, you start watching something like that, and either you think to yourself, either you you have enough wisdom to say, okay, those are not teenagers. That is yeah. not normal. This is this is not a trap. This is not reality. It's not real life. Yeah. Or you're thinking to yourself, oh, like as a teenage girl in high school oh, it must be normal to seek yeah. out these things or to yeah. want these things or to be comfortable with these things. Yeah. And um, so if any of you have a child who's like 
can I watch this show, mom? Can can we get HBO Max? Say, just go and check. Just go and watch. Watch it first. Season one recap and make that decision really educatedly. Okay, the yeah. end. Sorry, that was a that was a diversion, but but it's stuff like that. I think that really introduces things and glamorizes it and and makes it seem very sexy and exciting. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely go down the pathway of a lot of different things that I've seen change uh, in the two decade career, like working with like teens and seeing how things evolve, like things always circle back around, like kids are wearing the stuff that, that I wore in high school right now, right? Right. I, it's so funny, I walk down the halls, and I see these kids wearing Santa Cruz shirts. I'm like, and I know none of them even skateboard. And I'm like, I, I grew up wearing that exact same shirt. I'm like, you know, or they'll just have, you know, like all the stuff from the 80s or the pants, the bell bombs, the, you know, the like everything is coming back, okay. right? The, especially things you didn't, you were like, please, nobody ever bring this one back. Those are coming back. Like the high shoes with the straps on them, like those are the ugliest shoes for girls ever. And those are back, right? My point is we could go down lots of stuff like that. Um, I wanted to, to stay focused on the mental health contagion part yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's, that's the one, because these are like, Oh, I could give you tons of them down that pathway, but these are the ones that really concern me because obviously it's dealing with more of their overall mental and emotional well-being. It's not a slow drip or a slow deception. It's very intense. Right. And, um, and you know, it, when you were talking, it made me think about, by the way, if any of our listeners, if any of you guys have not seen The Social Dilemma, please go watch it. It's on Netflix. I believe it's still the most watched documentary of all time on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's unfortunately at the end, it just says, okay, that's it. Like, doesn't really offer any solutions. Now, now <laughs> you're educated. Point. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm giving it a huge hype, but before I like, I don't want you to like expect you're going to watch this and just take notes and like, they're going to give you step one. This is what you do. Step two, like to not get corrupted by, you know, social media, but there's a gentleman in there and, um, oh gosh, Brandon, remind me his name. Uh, the, the, um, virtual reality guy, Jaron Lanier. Lanier. There's a guy in there by the name of Jared Lanier, uh, Caucasian guy, heavier set guy, but have long dreadlocks. So if you've seen the movie, he's the white guy with dreadlocks. In my opinion, he's the smartest guy in the documentary. Like I've listened to some books of his, like just super uber smart, like, like Elon Musk type smart, right? Well, he was the one who invented virtual reality. So he's got a little bit of understanding of how technology works. Right. They, he's, they coined him as like, he's technically that he coined the term, he created him in his lab and he's the spearhead of this operation. He says in the, in the, in the documentary social dilemma, he goes, there's a serious problem because kids are growing up today where the entire definition of a relationship is manipulation. They're being raised in, in a world where one company over here tells you they're going to give you something for free and you're like oh my gosh it's free it's like you take for free having no idea that there's a sneaky third party person that's telling them what to show you how to show it and then give you all the information about you back to them so their whole entire 
it's like the way you put it is perfect. It's like they were raised where their whole entire definition of relationship, intimacy, trust, all these things is manipulation because everything online to them, that's where their bands are. That's where their clubs are. That's where their favorite artists are. That's where their music is. So for them, it's like they're giving all this stuff to the platform. They have a loyalty to this platform and they're getting it for free. They're just like, oh my gosh, this person's so cool. They just gave it to me for free. They're naive to this, but because they're raised in this universe, it would seem that there's got to be some guardrails and some ways to protect our kids because it, they hacked our DNA. They hacked our biology. They know that we will go towards the shiny thing. They know that if there's the pretty girl, both guys and girls are going to stare at her. Right. I mean, this has been going on for a long time, but never at the scale where before you had to buy a magazine, you had to go to the mall and look at, you know, a Victoria's Secret model when you walk by to have those feelings of either lust or also those feelings of jealousy and looking at yourself like, I wish I looked like her. Why am I that pretty? Now you can just scroll at 100,000 women that look better than you right at the tip of your fingertips or for guys, a hundred thousand women that they could never get. And then they left with the harsh reality of like, it's not real. Like a girl like that would never want to be with me. You know, girls like I, you know, I can never get a guy I really want because I don't look like that. You know, I guess I'll have to settle for this or that. So that contagion, the way I'm looking at it is, yeah, it can cause depression, cause anxiety, cause narcissism, cause all these other things, but I'm concerned with our kids. They're so vulnerable to it. Just like any parent out there, we don't want our kids to be played and manipulated. And so I tell my kids in the class, when we go over our lessons, I hold up the phone. I said, my goal in this is to not, I'm not anti-social media, not anti-online. I want you to experience any platform to the fullest capability of your, like, of your, of your being. Like, if you want to be a sports person, you're on an ESPN, I want you to use that platform to be the best football, basketball, volleyball player, softball player that you want to be. If you want to use YouTube, I want you to use it to, you know, do it yourself video to learn how to start your own business. Like, you know what I mean? I want you to use it as a tool to promote yourself and get better and at whatever it is, but it's hard because so many people get lost in the comparison sauce. And as they start comparing themselves, they can go down a dark path of I'm not good enough, creating anxiety, creating depression, or in order to be taken serious, I got to have a perfect body. I got to post pictures all the time. That's where the narcissism part comes in. If you're modeling, if you're modeling your behavior after a narcissist, you know, you may not become a full-blown diagnosed narcissist, but you're going to have narcissistic tendencies and narcissistic tendencies is not liked by anybody, especially narcissists. (laughs) They don't, hang out with other narcissists unless it is to get something from that person. So look at the young people going, oh my gosh, I got to look like that. I got to behave like that. I got to act like that. I got to post like that. And they start copying someone that has mental health issues. Someone has really depression. They're sharing their story. Next thing you know, these kids like, wow, look how many likes and stuff. I need to share my story about my depression. Okay. Well, I've been going to counseling, feeling better lately. Okay. But I'm going to talk about how bad it is and, and elaborate the story because it's always better if it's worse. Yeah. We've, for those listeners, what I'm referring to, the punchline, the headlines, it's always better, catches more attention to people if it's a bigger issue, right? 
Ukraine roar, this, that, that, you know, like the COVID, but it's always the bigger that, you know, the bigger the marquee, the bigger the punchline. And so that right there just draws so many young people in. And when they get drawn in by whether, you know, no matter what it is, but if it's someone that's promoting something that can create mental health issues with them, self-harm, suicide, whatever it may be, our kids are extraordinarily vulnerable to it. And it's creating this contagion to not stop. Like we're talking about like, you know, stop the spread. I wish we could talk about stop the spread of the contagion mental health disorders from young people. But we'd have to identify what it is, how to talk about it, set up rules and, and give some suggestions. So for now, I'm like, let's just weigh in a little bit to give some suggestions about it. Cause I don't think anyone listening to this is going to disagree that, or, or be naive to this. No, it's like, what kids copy other kids? Well, but I think it just doubles down on the need for this type of education in the school system. I mean, that goes without saying, but like, when you make it a point of conversation, then it's like, oh, yeah, that actually does make sense to me. You know, and in fact, that this just happened, um, having a conversation with one of my kids and, and there's an individual that we know, and this person has changed a lot in the last two years, like, um, and it, and this person has gone from one thing to something else, very, very different in, in that time. And this child of mine was like, you know, she's looking just like this, doing just like this, she's doing just like this and, and could actually identify it when you when you get a little bit of a zoom back you, yeah. you know there you, you see it and so it's it would be helpful to have to give kids our kids um vocabulary that this exists that it's that it's a thing well yeah and how many people have watched their young kids get out of a bad dating relationship so when i say young kids i'm not talking about little little kids like you know i meant kids, teenagers, <laughs> preteens, right? Watch their kids get out of a bad friendship, bad relationship. And then they're like, oh my gosh, like I was acting just like them. Or like, man, I can't believe I did that. You see, they changed their dress back to how they used to dress. Uh -huh. they, they start listening to different music again. I've had so many kids go, man, I don't know like what happened to me, like why I did that. And I tell them in different ways, depending on who I'm talking to, I'm like, you're under the spell of all spells they look at me like what do you mean the spell of all spells it's called self-hypnosis when you choose to go along with something because you know it's going to get you some sort of acceptance right and you believe it because it'd be a whole lot better to turn that into your own personal customized, uh, detailed um, VIP um, uh, sense of self, right? So you could turn that in to now I'm being true to who I really am. Now I'm living my real truth. Now I'm real. See, before it wasn't me. Now that I wear my bag like this and do my hair like that, that's just like more me. I was just doing that because like, you know, other people do it. Now I'm really being me only come to find out she was trying to be best friends with this real popular girl 
this real popular girl is dressing like that. And if you want to be around her, you got to look like her. If you look different, it's like mean girl, like, ew, right? Stops hanging out with that girlfriend. All of a sudden goes back to like, you know, forget all that freaking fancy spants. I'm going back to my yoga pants, t-shirt, athletic shoes, just going to school and just doing homework and just figuring out my life. I don't need that. So that's social contagion right there. At a lighter level, it's just, it's part of their experience of how do they fit in. So that's why another reason why they're so susceptible to it, you know? Well, and it, if you're not careful, it sounds like a personal attack, right? Like, so, so how do you talk to your kids about it without attacking them, without accusing them of not being actually true to themselves or like, especially if you're seeing like a, they're trending in a way that you, that isn't great. How do you talk to them in a way to protect them and to educate them? And, and at least, I mean, I'm going to spark enough curiosity in what you're saying that they're going to ask themselves if they're getting sucked in. The best way to bring up something like this and the parents who master this, bravo, because being able to articulate things and master wording when typically you'd be emotional or trying to have an agenda to try to win an argument with your kid. Um, you know, sometimes parents- <laughs> I'm only laughing because like, so if you're typically a freaker outer- Yeah, And exactly. you can turn on a dime and master this, then you yeah. get, you need to write a book quick. No, but no, there's, there's some parents that get good at this and they love it because they come back to me with like this smirk on their face. Like, oh my gosh, I feel so powerful because I'm able to do this. <laughs> I'm like, it feels good. Right. So instead of, you know, telling your kids about social contagions and that they have to watch out for them, just remember that you shouldn't be giving them a lesson. You should be having a conversation. So okay. It's meta, it's, it's, it's metaphor talk. It's meta talk. So you would start off by saying, man, like you see someone doing something and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I used to do that. I used to like this. This is where you got to go into character building role. You know, maybe you do a little trelai. It's like, you're kind of making up a scenario. Come on, parents out there. Don't act like you're not good at this. Like, so uh, who'd you hang out with yesterday? You know, like you're trying to probe around a little bit. Instead with this one, Instead of trying to teach them a lesson, you're just going to have a conversation. And the conversation could be like, oh, man, like, I love, I used to be obsessed with that actress. And you're just, your kid's just sitting there on the couch, right? Beautiful actress, Heidi, and you're sitting there. I used to be obsessed with that actress. And also your daughter's like, what do you mean? It's like, like, I used to be just looking at her like I wanted my hair to look like her. Like, I was like, I used to be like, oh, my gosh, like, she has the perfect, like, the way she she has a classic look, more of like a throwback to the 30s. Like you get all detailed on it. You know, you get all like, oh man, this and that. And, you know, it's like, oh, but I realized like, it was a weird time in my life. Cause when I was trying to be like her, I was like, I didn't really know who I was. And I was sitting there trying to be like, well, if I dress like this and that's closer to who I am. I was hoping to do things that would make me feel closer to who I am. But I look back at it now, it's like, you know how, you know, we've always told you, like, you know, be careful who your friends are because your friends influence you. Well, it goes true of like, careful who you follow and careful who you like, you watch, like, and you admire, you obsess over, 
because those people are just people too. And so after a while, I realized that I was just being fake and I was just trying to look like her to mask or, you know, overcompensate that I wasn't feeling good about myself. And I said, and I don't want to be like that. In fact, just the other day, I heard this thing, uh, it's called social contagion. And it made me think about that. And it's like, have you heard of social contagion? You haven't? Oh my, it's the craziest thing. So I was totally like listening to this like podcast and said social contagion. And then they started talking about like when there's like kids that like self-harm in a group. And then all of a sudden, like a lot of them start to self-harm in the same group, but other groups, nobody self-harms. You know, it's like how like one person will do it and then another person will like unknowingly kind of subliminally like take it on. You know, for example, like you and your girlfriends all get an outfit and then everybody else gets their own version of that outfit. You all get a jean jacket. So it's like, it's like that, but like in a bad way. And so I sat there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. Like I've kind of done that before where I like start to admire someone like, whoa, it's kind of like you follow a person and it turns out that they're a negative person. They have bad stuff in their personal life. Like, oh my gosh, like I was trying to like, hopefully mimic something from them. Right. So yeah, social contagion is weird. Like it happens with depression. Kids start getting depression. They become more suicidal. And yeah, I mean, it's something that like, I didn't realize, but they were talking about how kids are really vulnerable. Teenagers are really vulnerable to it because they just want to make friends and they just want people to like them. And so if their friend that's sad and self-harming is someone that loves them and cares for them, texts them, but has self-harm issues, you know, sometimes specifically by, you know, specifically biologically born girls are going to have a hard time with that happening right? They're going to feel it as if it's happening to them. They're going to take on the pain of their girlfriends because what better way to relate to someone and to show loyalty and friendship than sharing suffering. And just see where that conversation goes. I, I really like that approach because you don't come in because you come in with your guns blazing like, okay, so last week you told me you hated that and now you love it. Who's brainwashing you? you? You know, like, but recognizing, like talking about it, to, to me, that would, you know, spark some curiosity. Exactly. Because that, that's how a conversation has a natural flow. How many times are you sitting there with just anyway, at, you know, you're sitting there, not at a dinner table, but let's say you're just sitting at church or something out in an open area or you're hanging out with some friends and then randomly there's a moment of silence randomly says, Hey, did, did you see the game last night? Oh my gosh. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And so people go, wait, there's something we could all weigh in on. There's something all we could be a part of the discussion. So the person who starts it looks at the group, identifies what's something that I know a lot about, or I'm experiencing that other members of the group may be able to either relate to find important, interesting, most importantly, how do I get their curiosity? Well, and this is a topic, a conversation that everybody can relate to oh, yeah. in, on one, le one level or another. You know, super, super interesting. And that's why it's, that's why specifically teen girls are, are more susceptible to, um, you know, social, mental health, social contagions. Because if their friend's depressed and they're a good friend, 
They're going to sit there with them for long hours. They're going to listen to it and they're going to empathize and take on their pain. Well, guess what's going to happen when they leave and they go home? How do you think they're going to feel? Now, it doesn't guarantee they're going to be depressed, but there's a high probability that their sadness that they cared with their friend, they took it from their friend, their friend felt lighter, but maybe they forgot to give it all back to their friend. Right. Because that's the whole point when we support someone is to hold, sit with them in their pain, hold their stuff with them for long enough so they get a break from it. They still got to take it home. It's still their stuff. In fact, this is what I used to tell the kids at the um, social health support groups, uh, you know, at daybreak that used to come to, quit tripping support groups. They would come over there. We always tell them, hey, everybody shares their personal stuff if you want to. And, and when you share stuff, we just hold your stuff for you so you can kind of take a breather, catch your breath, and like just relax your shoulders for a little bit. When you leave, you still got to go home. But people would say throughout the week, it would slowly kind of weigh back on them. It wasn't dumped back on them. It basically took it away from them for a while. And over time, the weight came back. So they'd come back to group, talk about it again. And so social contagions, when you're around a friend and they're struggling and they share your struggle, you sit with it, you feel it, you walk away from that. You are a part of that experience now because that's how you become a good friend. You have to empathize with them, right? You have to feel it for them. You have to get mad. What? He said, what to you? Well, I'm going to go slap him. Oh, don't slap him. But if you get angry, like you're going to slap your friend's ex-boyfriend, they like that because that shows loyalty. Right. And that energy is so contagious that that's a positive thing. The problem is, is if one of those people are self-harming, having suicidal thoughts and feelings, I think every parent knows intuitively, it's not that you don't want your child to be friends with that kid because obviously they need support. You just don't want your child to try to save that kid. Right. And there's different, you know, you might have a kid who has a personality that naturally wants to save people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and they got like one of those little vests on that says emotional support human on it and you take them with you. Right. And they keep thinking <laughs> that, you know, someone's going to be there for them when they need it. And they find out that not everybody shows up for you like you show up for them <laughs> yep oh yeah and to expect other people to do the same thing that you do it's like ah, sometimes that's a more of a convenience for them and they weren't really wanting to do what you're doing like listening and <laughs> supporting and, and you know it's interesting when you have you're having these conversations with these kids and and the light bulb starts going on yeah. and they start to recognize oh that's actually happening whether they admit that to you um or not it's when you have that relationship and you can have those discussions and give them space to to come to their own conclusions they'll see it you know um and some it might take a little bit longer some might have to get burned by it yeah. So yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad you asked me that question. Like, what could I say? Because things like that are hard to say. Step one, step two. But when you listen to my conversation, in fact, knowing you, Heidi, you'll go and listen back to it. Like, you'll go back and listen because you'll want to remember, okay, how do I do that again? And as <laughs> okay, well, because I have to know, listen to it four and, times. I guess. <laughs> and how you have to do it is based upon past episodes, my like little tricks, I always nickname them, right? So I can remember them. They're labels, right? And so- one of our earlier episodes where um, it, it wasn't called, you got to play the fool to get wise, but it was kind of like, you know, like you got to like 
pretend like you don't know anything. I forget what the name of the episode was, but it's like, you just got to sit back and like allow them to give their story, allow them to give their information instead of jumping and go, wait, why'd you do that? Wait, hold on a second. So I thought you said you were going over to in and out Now you're over at, at, at Jeremy's house. Like what? And then, and so what you do is you cause them to get defensive. You cause them to get, you know, prickly. And then you're like, wait, why are you getting all defensive? I'm just asking you a question. And so you, you get what I'm saying, right? So absolutely. And I think the other, you know, the other thing that's tricky is that kids these a- this age, they are changing a lot. Their style is changing. What they do like is changing and, and they're very influenceable, what vulnerable, I guess, you, you, you know, and so they're going to have some swings back and forth. Absolutely. You know, and I think that probably more swings than staying still. Right. About their likes, their dislikes, what are they interested in? Like that's going to oscillate back and forth. And I think, you know, for somebody like me who's really good at freaking out, when you get a swing that goes real far this way and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, no, you are not wearing that. You're not leaving this house, you know, and kind of the freak out. Like, well, just always remember, Heidi, don't chase the swing because it's coming back. Right. And it usually just, <laughs> don't chase after it hit <laughs> you right uh, yeah it, it's called not freaking out yeah yeah well you know remember when we talked about jocko that that book extreme ownership a long time ago yeah didn't you listen to part of it too oh i've i've listened to the that's whole a great thing. book i love it yeah. yeah how many people have you referred to listen to that book Over right, a lot, like, great book well you know when, when because we're talking- i'm a big fan of taking responsibility big huge well, that's what I was going to say. Like he talks about that. It's, it's the best thing to do is you just got to be like, Oh, like totally just like be the first one to go and take like ownership. Dude, my bad. Like I screwed up. I dropped the ball. And then everyone just goes like this. They put their guard down. You know, I could have probably done that better. You know, just someone's just got to put it out there and go first, right? Like someone's just got to be like, Hey, and so back to the whole entire social contagion, I just want to state that that is an answer to one question. And one question is, okay, how do I handle or how to prepare my kids to be aware that a social contagion of mental health disorders is a possible thing? It's a real thing. Um, And then if you want to be able to talk to them about that, you want to be able to have that conversation with them. So that's the most important thing is that you open up the dialogue in a way that's not a lesson. It's not like you just trying to like, hey, I heard this thing. Like, you know, that's a real thing. You're not trying to convince them. You're not trying to plead with them that if someone, you know, you're friends with that's depressed, you know, don't hang out with them more than two hours a day because studies show, like, you know, <laughs> you know, what you need to do is you can just sit back and just go, hey, you know, but like not do it in a way that your personality would do it because you're going to give it away because it's going to sound like you're trying to convince your, you know, and I'm talking to you, Heidi, it's trying to sound like you're trying to convince your daughter to hang out with other friends or to do something or just quit her job. I'm just making, I don't even know what's going on. I'm saying like, but parents have a weird way of doing it where we try to do it kind of sly. We're like, you know, I mean, I know you like your job, but you know, that so-and-so they're still hiring. They said they'd love to have you. And you know, like we try to nudge a little bit. So instead of doing that, you definitely want to come at it from, Hey, they're my partner. I need to show, I need to have conversations with them instead of trying to force something down their throat. So I gave an example of how to have that conversation, how to bring that up. And then once you have the conversation, just go, you know what? I don't think this is just for kids. I think adults, you know, I got to be careful because I have a tendency to 
over care and talk to women in the parking lot of every place I go to shop at. And then I end up doing three hours of counseling sessions with people and tell them episodes, listen to the podcast. And then I come home and I'm tired. It's like, maybe you inherited it from me. <laughs> right. And so it's like, okay. So then you would tell your daughter and I'm just making stuff up obviously, but you tell your daughter, it's like, you know, what? so to be honest, I got to make sure that, you know, I don't, I don't catch a contagion of uh, freaking out about things I can't control about, you know, anxiety, about trying to be perfect, about trying to have my office and everything totally organized because that drives me down to very bad places, places where I just want to not work anymore, places where I just want to give up and throw in the towel because maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. And you start having that type of dialogue and conversations. That's so honest. It's so genuine. It's so transparent. It's so real that you're going to have a good conversation. She, and I'm using, cause we're talking about your teenage daughter, but she, him, like anyone talking to your kids right now, you have that type of a conversation with them. They're going to step away going, wow, I could talk about something pretty cool with my parents. It was deep and important. But it wasn't like they're forcing anything on me. They feel like they have a seat at the table. They don't feel like they're a child anymore. And that's well, and a trick. We want to trick them into feeling that sooner. And I think that we could also even like, as much negative social contagion is out there, there is positive social exactly. contagion. You flip and it. So I think that we can take an opportunity, you know, if you guys are listening to this podcast, it's likely that you're listening to other podcasts that have given you a, a pause to do something better. In fact, um, in fact, I'm gonna recommend a podcast right now of po a positive self-contagion po podcast. <laughs> Yeah. I can find it. So there's this um, speaker named Mel Robbins, you know, I'm talking about Mel Robbins and um, she's, you know, she gives a lot. She, she has a few really good books out there and you may have even heard of her, but she's got a new book that's called High Five. And so today I, and it's not pulling up because I'm on airplane mode while I'm on, <laughs> on this podcast. But anyway, um, I'll, maybe I'll have to um, add it into our, our notes there on the podcast. But anyway, yeah. um, I, it was really interesting because a lot of times when authors are going and they're kind of promoting their books, they're, um, you know, they're, they just have a spiel. And in this particular um podcast and and the host is an ex-NFL player and I didn't recognize his name because I'm not really in that realm but anyway um he threw out this thought to her and she immediately picked up on it and then took that concept to share her message about her book and it became so naturally um effective and it sparked tons of curiosity in me and I listened to the whole thing and it like it made me want to talk to my kids about her concept and her idea and it actually gave me like this really awesome lift today well, and and so I think that you know if we're if if we as parents are seeking things to be enlightened by be inspired by things that are that are really great we can be part of the other side of the social contagion and 
empower our kids to think think bigger yeah and just i i i should probably clarify even though it says in this disclaimer i'm not operating as a mental health professional but we're using the social contagion uh very loosely like at parts of this i just want to let people know that you know it is a you know it is a real big actual concern in mental health with youth and it's also great to see it in the way that Heidi and I are talking about right now at this moment, like in our own personal lives, you know, how there's, you know, social contagions, you know, it's usually seen as like a bad thing uh, because usually when you see it, like in the sense of a contagion, most people use that in the connotation, like, oh, that's a disease. That's something that's right. really bad. And so, you know, it's good that you flip it around and you say like, it can also be very good at the same time because that's how, you know, what's, what's that saying from that one Ted talk I watched one time, it, it was called, um, uh, the, uh, um, innovation creates the best, uh, or no connection, connection, produce connection creates the best innovation. It was a clever rhyme. That was a good, that is a good, really good catchphrase. Yeah. Connection creates innovation. And it's so true. It's like, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, yeah, you start connecting with someone next thing you know, you come up with better ideas, you know? And, and there's, for every positive, there's an equal and opposite negative, negative. And um, anyway, so go ahead. Okay. I so said, the last thing I want to say, you know, I did give a suggestion about how to have a conversation with your kids about it. I think that's the most important thing right now. Um, there's other things we could talk about maybe in, in other future episodes, but you know, if, you know, if, if your kids understand and you understand that they can have conversations with you about mental health things, anxiety, depression, um, stuff like that. Or if you start to see them going down a path where they start to show, I'm not asking to diagnose your kids, but if they start to have, you know, show a lot of these narcissistic characteristic types, you know, because maybe they're, you know, maybe they're trying to become famous on a social media app. Maybe they're, you know, in that world. Um, you can go back and refer to this conversation that, you know, you're about to have with them and say, Hey, remember we had that talk about social contagion. Like, I'm not saying you, you know, but I just noticed that when you're around those friends, you know, or since the past six months, when you've been having this one roommate, let's say your kid goes to college or something, I've just been noticing this, I've been noticing that. And so I'm not saying, I'm just like, remember that conversation? Yeah. It just made me think about that. So sometimes that's just, that's the best way A to have the knowledge and B to know that, You've already talked to them about it so they can talk to you about it again. You know, it's something that's already on the table and you can just use that anytime you, you feel the need to. Like to start up the conversation again is one of the things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you, that you brought this up. I don't think it's something that would have popped into my own mind or even my conversations. It will probably now. <laughs> Yeah. well i've been thinking about so much lately that's why i was like i want to talk about it because it's like I, yeah i'm helping yeah i'm helping some people that um i mean yeah these kids have been influenced by so many things around them great kids but they just had a lot of influences around them you know yeah so yeah. it makes their struggles that much harder you know and like these are all kids who are those great emotional support humans you know they love to be there for their friends and they just keep all their stuff um, underneath a smile. I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that's it's really normal i think that every mom or dad of a of a kid that passed away from suicide that i've ever met that parent has described their child as somebody with the biggest heart that just loved people so much and would do anything to for anybody at any time which which is a really great quality yeah I've, i've never heard that not said yeah like it's so there's obviously a connection there of these are very deeply emotionally connected human beings to the people that they care about yeah they feel things and 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 so when we can come to them those feeling type kids the kids that feel with real feelings of our own that's where we're gonna be able to reach them with real struggles of our own um that's where we're going to reach them. So. All right. Well, well, Heidi, you want to take us off into the sun? Yeah, I appreciate it, you guys. It's it's been it's been a couple of weeks since I've been here. It's nice to chat with you, David. It's um, it always just fills me up with so many things to think about and to remember and remind me, you know of ways that I can be better. And, and, you know, that's the goal is none of us are going to be perfect. Um, but we appreciate you listening and wanting to be better and wanting to be a positive, healthy resource and relationship for your family members. And so with that, we want to thank you all for being here, for listening, for sharing, and for helping us to light the fight.